and welcome back for another episode of Backing Paper. It's uh, early in the afternoon, so we're both super bright because it's me, Graham, here with the wonderful Rachel. Rach, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Yes, it's it's kind of nice doing this in the middle of the day for a change. So uh, yeah, um, the sun is outside and shining, which is good, all good. Um, and yeah, looking forward to having a little chat and going through the emails this week. Yeah, we've got some nice emails this week. It's a bank holiday weekend here in the UK, which is oh, why yeah. we're all a bit on holiday <laughs> mode. Um, it's great. I've got my boys down, um, which I have kicked out the recording room. <laughs> Let's hope they don't turn <laughs> up in the uh, middle of this. That could be entertaining. Um, and um, yeah, it's been a good good week. Um, lots of fun stuff following on from the show last week, but we'll come on to that tomorrow or mm-hmm. oh, not tomorrow. Yeah, well, tomorrow for us. So Thursday for you, because we've had some great responses to that. Um, but we'll come back to that a little bit later. But shall we just crack straight on with the emails, Rach? Yeah, let's do it. So we have had some Cheap Shots Challenge pictures in, which is wonderful. Um, We were talking about this before the show because we didn't really set a hard and fast end date for this um, because things were running a a bit late on this one. So um, because we had three in so far, I am going to say that I'm going to give people, let's have a look. So it's the, when this goes out, it's going to be the 27th. So I'm going to say we're going to have one, two, let's say until Saturday the 15th of June. That's another good two weeks. Do you think that sounds fair, Rach? It seems good to me, yeah. So you've got another two good weeks of getting your pictures in, uh, and then we'll look to do the judging at the end of June. So uh, Saturday the 15th, that is the deadline for getting Cheap Shots Challenge pictures in uh, with judging hopefully end of the month or beginning of July. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, just a quick one before we um, go into the emails about it. Just for those new listeners, people that we know have been getting in touch recently and, and what have you, um, do you want to just go over the the concept of the Cheap Shots Challenge? I certainly can. It's very nice and it's very simple. The whole point of the Cheap Shots Challenge is just to prove that analogue photography can be a cheap, fun hobby to have. Uh, All you need to do to take part is get hold of a camera for less than £30, which I know is a low budget, but it doesn't matter what the camera is. It can be a real piece of tour. In fact, sometimes the most junky the cameras, <laughs> the more fun it is. Um, you can certainly pick up cheap point and shoots for less than £30. Hit eBay, hit your local charity shops, your thrift stores, your car boot sales, it's car boot season. Just find something for under £30, get a cheap roll of film, wham it in there. And then every two to three months or so, we've got a, a rolling challenge going on with this. Uh, the one currently going, the topic is people so shoot your roll of film with people as the subject uh, pick your two favorite shots and email them into us at sunny16podcast.com to take part it's that easy have i forgotten anything rach it's sunny16podcast at gmail.com um is the email um and uh, yeah just to say obviously the idea is that you hang on to that same camera for each of the successive rounds of the cheap shots challenge so Part of the fun of it is finding a camera that uh, works within that budget, uh, that works, <laughs> and uh, and having to use it for different kinds of themes and topics. So in the past, we've done things like landscape, sports, macro, and we've had to shoot all of those different topics using the same camera. So it, it the idea is that it gives you a little bit of a challenge by having obviously some restrictions um, in terms of what potentially one camera can do it might be able to shoot one kind of topic really well and maybe not the not the others um but that's all part of the fun and it's been incredible to see what other people and our listeners have come back to us with 
um, in terms of how they've how they've approached it, how they've risen to the challenge more than risen to the challenge and, and produced some fantastic work in the past. Yeah, I was actually out last night and in a dramatic break, which is tradition, being ahead of the ball, I shot pretty much an entire roll of film through my Cheap Shots camera. Um, so I, but this was one of these uh, occasions where I was reminded of the shortcomings of this camera. Um, mm -hmm. The autofocus, I, I was like, so... Reminds this... us, which camera is it you use? So this is the Olympus IS-1000, which is a... 30... Also known as. <laughs> the, the Olympus <laughs> Fugly, because it has a face <laughs> only a mother could love. Um, and it's a, quite a rare beast in that it is a 35mm bridge camera. Um, there aren't many of those around. There's a pretty good reason for that. Nobody really wanted them. Um, it's got a good lens on it, but it's not a fast lens. Uh, it's got a shortish zoom on it, um, and it's obviously autofocus. And it's that sluggish autofocus, and the fact that if it hasn't got focus, focus lock, it will not fire the shutter. So um, there's an event in the village, which I've talked about in past years, because I've been to it before, called the Shirt Race, where people, a lot of people get dressed up in all sorts of fancy dress costumes and push carts around the village. And it's all, <laughs> it's a kind of a race. It's a fancy dress thing. It's a whole thing. Okay. And so I was trying to capture pictures of these people rushing towards the finish line. And that camera, it, there's nothing more frustrating than pushing a button and it just going, nope, <laughs> will not fire. So that's that. So, um, yes, you may find if you're like me, listeners, that you get your cheap shots camera uh, and then it's so reliable that it does last through all the rounds and you're stuck with this thing <laughs> forever. <laughs> and we've done many, many rounds now. We are heading towards well, it's two and a half years, I think, of us doing the cheap shots challenge at this point. So I've been saddled with this camera for that long. I can't wait till we get to the end of these um, so I can pass it on <laughs> to another uh, lucky host. Um, but still, also, I was uh, I picked some. I thought, okay, I want some color film because it's going to be colorful, mm -hmm. fancy dress. But I want something reasonably quick, so I thought I'll have a look. Mm -hmm. So I had some Portra four hundred. Thought oh, that'd be nice. Mm -hmm. I found a roll of fresh Superior four hundred. I don't know where that came from, mm -hmm. but I've got a roll. And, and I found some um, Click Photo Point four hundred ASA, which expired oh. in two thousand and six. Oh. Guess which one I used. <laughs> I'm going to guess that one. Uh, continuing the trend of me making film choices which really shoot me in the foot when it comes to the Cheap Shots challenges. Well, it well, is the Cheap Shots challenge, right? Exactly. So, it would have been wrong to wrong. use Portra, wouldn't it? It would, it would. Oh. Um, and, and you know what? As much as it is a challenge and these things don't always work um, and what have you, sometimes it's the happy accidents. It's those shots that you definitely didn't expect to work out that turn out to be the winning shot. So, you know. Um, I think that's always what we wanted to do is just make sure that people could see it was an interesting and easy and accessible way of getting into analogue photography and having fun with it. Yeah, and the having fun part is the most important part Absolutely. of it. This is not about producing the most amazing pictures ever, although that said, some of the entries over the last couple of years have been stunning. Uh, the yeah. quality gets better and better, but... If your camera has been a nightmare and you've got some garbage pictures out of it, send them anyway. Doesn't it's, matter. It's taking part. It's having fun. It's joining in. Even if you're brand new to film photography and you're thinking, I'm not really good enough. You are good enough. We would love to see your pictures. We really would. Um, yeah, so please absolutely. just jump on. Send them in. Um, you've got another two and a half weeks to go. Um, and hopefully, you know, 
these people sending theirs in will inspire you to get on with it. Um, so let's crack on with these ones we've got then. The yeah. first ones were from Cohen Kallenberg, who writes in, Hi Sunbeams, the Cheap Shots Challenge was a challenge indeed this time. <laughs> first of all, I was unable to find a friend that was willing to model for me, so I had to do it myself. However, being the self-conscious person I am, I wanted to take the photos in the comfort of my own home, but that would mean cleaning it. <laughs> the easiest solution was to use off-camera flash to hide all the mess. I like Yay. this man. I hope that using a light, a light stand, softbox and flash does not disqualify me from the cheap shots challenge. It definitely does not. The point is, is that these photos are taken with my cheap shots camera my Nikon TW20AF, which is a little point and shoot. It does feature a flash, which I use to trigger the flash in the softbox. However, I didn't, I didn't ugly direct flash in my photo. Also, I didn't want ugly direct flash in my photo. So I taped some aluminium foil in front of it to bounce it in the direction of my softbox so the other flash would be able to see it. I also wanted to be absolutely sure that the background would not be visible, so I had to wait until it was dark, which <laughs> presented a problem for my little Nikon, as it was unable to focus, so I had to use a torch to light up my chair to focus on. <laughs> then I put it on self-timer, sat on my chair, pulled some funny faces, and bracketed my shots as I had no clue what aperture I was using. <laughs> ah, the joy of trying to do complex things <laughs> with point-and-shoot cameras. Right, and, and just so completely illustrates exactly what we were just saying. I hadn't actually read this email before we were talking about this. So, yeah, it really illustrates that well, doesn't it? It's just about having a go and trying some things out and you never know what you might come out with. Exactly. To make things more fun, I decided to push the Fomapan 400 to 800. And I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised to see that there were some well-exposed images. Thank you so much for the show and good luck on both the cheap shots as well as the double exposure challenges. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Cohen. <laughs> yeah, that, thank you, Cohen. Um, let's have a look at these pictures then from Cohen. Um, are they labelled with Cohen's name? Um, I think it's pretty clear which ones are Cohen's. They're the ones with the numbers first. Black and white. Yes. Black and very white. A uh, very handsome gentleman. Oh, yeah. See, he says pulling silly faces, but actually that's... Ah, so these very are just... Nudie. It's yeah. a very... Um, uh, a record album cover yeah. like stare, stare to camera and glance off to the to the side yeah. kind of look so so these are two low key headshots um with nice dramatic lighting from the flash um look fantastic as always with the cheap shot stuff there will be a link in the show notes so you can go and look at these pictures so just look in the show notes these click on that link and yeah. you see him um cohen's a very handsome dashing young man and these pictures are great uh look graininess as well That's yeah really, that phone yeah. hand pushed pushed 800 really is very nice um mm. amazing work with a point and shoot camera Right? How cool is that? Very cool. Do you want to take cool. this next shorty from our friend Alex Purcell, Rach? Let me have a quick look. Yeah, Alex says, greetings, sunbeams. Here are my submissions for the people round of the Cheap Shots Challenge. Shot on my 1978 Zenit EM and Helios 4458mm lens. Loaded with bulk rolled Fomapan 400. There's some more love for the Fomapan 400 there. Yeah. <laughs> have a look where are they so we've got very different pictures have we from alex okay so these will be the black and white ones as well um, yes image two and image three that's the one so okay. uh, do you want to describe Ooh. this first one rach okay so image two 
um, is showing a street scene um, and there is a bicycle on the floor. There are two chaps holding down a third chap who appears to be currently being arrested by the police. Yeah. Um, there is also yeah there is a, a police officer there um there are um some some interested and confused looking pedestrians standing around watching what is happening and alex is documenting it i suppose with yeah. his uh with his nikon uh, sorry with his nikon sorry zenit He's zenit sorry with his zenit yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. yes a, a scene of um some uh, justice being served on a busy high street what i love outside about- of Starbucks. Outside the stops. What I love about this picture is you see you've got the activity in the front where the um, the arresting, the restraining is occurring, but sort of circling that at points all around. As you said, they're onlookers and they're all looking in. So as you look around the picture, everybody you look at sort of directs you back into where the action is, which kind of creates this fantastic frame of the image um, because yeah, everyone's looking. It's great. Uh, really like that. Uh, um, <laughs> enough for something completely different <laughs> yeah yeah um i mean the short and sweet description of this one is uh it's a gravestone <laughs> the end <laughs> this this is, seems like it's very much up your street grim you tend to go out and shoot these kinds of things quite often don't you <laughs> it's just because it's real easy as uh, it's definitely easier to shoot people once they're dead than when whilst they're alive because they move significantly less so yeah it's uh it's a gravestone um very buried in the grass uh, mm. the the, uh, the on the very top of it is poking out above the tall grass and it just and all you can read is what it says uh, memory <laughs> which you, looks as though it's begun to become not a thing for it um but yeah too cracking. I imagine it would be memoriam, right? So, as in in memoriam. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, two very different uh, photos, but thank you for submitting, Alex. That's great. Yeah, Good and because that, mm-hmm. that was a, a wee shorty, right? Do you want to read the one from Angela as well? That's right. So lovely Angela Solis uh, has got in touch and says, "Hello, sunbeams. Before I completely forget, I have attached my entries for the current cheap shots challenge round." I took my camera with me on my recent vacation to Mexico and loaded it with double film bubblegum. The photos were taken when we went on an excursion that took 10 million years to end. (laughs) (laughs) I am exaggerating, but it did feel that way. I actually like the washed out colour of the final images as if these were really old vacation photos from the 70s. However, I think my favourite double films are still Solar, which was formerly called Sunstroke, and Apollo, which was formerly Moonstruck. She says, this might be a bit late, but I'd like to say that I greatly enjoyed the episode with Eric when you guys discussed um, about film travel, uh, sorry, about travel. As a frequent traveller myself, I got interested in his stories and methods, as those were very different from mine. And it prompted me to get his zine. It was great, by the way. Thanks, as always. Thank you so much, Angela. That's awesome. Yes, thank you very much, Angela. Yeah, Eric Zine, um, we, obviously we talked about it on the show um, mm. and we were all looking at the PDF. And I don't know whether you've got one as well, Rach, but Eric did send me... Um, mm a physical copy of a zine it really is lovely i don't know whether he's still got any copies left it's such a nice thing it's color it's got fantastic pictures just it's it's a really lovely thing um well worth owning and i'm not just saying that because eric is a friend and does stuff for it it really is above and beyond on the whole zine front um and it, and it is a zine as scene in the sense that it's writing it's photographs it's 
it has a distinct style for it. Um, it's Is it great. got the zine charm? Like that's the. I think I remember Eric saying that because A Aid originally was like, oh, it's more like a book, you know, in that it's so many pages of for the PDF, the digital version that we looked at, and he was saying that, you know, in order for it to feel uh, to have the zine feel. It, that's much more of a kind of like a punk aesthetic so it should be able to be photocopied and sold and, and what have you and it's still translating that so i like i really like that style um and it's quite distinctive i think um that it was um kind of a, a little bit uh more sort of pieced together you could sort of like see how it'd been pieced together as opposed to a, a very polished sort of um but more like a coffee table book kind of thing magazine yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but that said, the amount of work. Oh yeah. That is, yeah, yeah. like the the um, it, it, it's it's one of those things that really needs to be seen. It's one of those things where you look at it and go, oh, somebody has spent a huge amount of time trying to make mm. it look as though that this was kind of thrown together a bit. But it's incredible the, yeah, the layout, the editing, the pictures, the writing. It's it's really lovely. If you're going to get a zine this year, um, all through a lens issue two. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's fantastic. Um, really well worth owning. Um, and in so many so many pages of content in that as well, which is amazing. Yeah. It's just okay. value it, for money. It's, it's value for money. And it's just a lovely thing in its own right. And then the pictures within it are lovely and the, the writing mm. is interesting and worth reading. Anyway, that's enough pimping, Eric. Good grief. We're not, <laughs> yeah, we're not on commission for this stuff. Um, Angela's picture. So I have not seen a lot of the stuff with the um, double film. I do love the, the, the gentle casts it's given to these pictures because they're not too harsh, are they? It's not too obtrusive you're not looking at it and going oh this is special effects film mm. it's just mm. as Andrew said giving it kind of a bit of a, a retro feel to it um because it's yeah. got that slight uh bluey haze to it hasn't it mm -hmm. um yeah it's sort all of like bluey purpley pinky yeah very much that sort of like 70s faded vacation photos uh feel which is really cool yeah so we've got three pictures here the first one is of a couple of performers dancing in a kind of square uh, with tourists watching, and obviously a nice tropical location. Um, and then, uh, again, some more performers in, um, I'm guessing, the traditional costumes underneath a uh, straw-roofed or well, thatch-roofed, whatever it's roofed with, <laughs> um, big barn thing. Um, mm -hmm. Might uh, be a barn. Mm. Yes. And then uh, a gentleman um, pouring on some kind of... Uh, I, you know what? I think that's chocolate, is it chocolate? chocolate sauce onto a chorizo, maybe? Is, oh it, chori is it chorizo? A chorizo. Isn't that sausage? Yeah. What's the. It's We're vegetarians. We don't know. Yeah. It looks like a sausage, but I think it. it but it's like a sweet. You mean a churro? Yeah, churro. That's churro. it. Yeah. I, yeah like, I was close. <laughs> maybe it's a chorizo churro with chocolate sauce. The triple oh, chur. <laughs> it's probably that. Um, what I like about all three of these pictures is they feel like proper holiday snap pictures um yes, they, they really capture a vibe of being away and yeah. un, when angela talks about excursions they also kind of capture that feeling too of like oh god we've gone out on this trip and now we're stuck on it and we can't get away um <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but no they're lovely and um and angela's little point in a shoot cheap shots camera has done the job well as it always does with our stuff so yeah, it lovely looks like pictures. One of those rolls of film that you might find in the back of a, a camera, you know, and yes. go, huh, what's on here? And it's somebody's long lost um, vacation photos, holiday photos. So that's yeah. really cool. 
Yeah, very cool. So there we go. Uh, that's the cheap shots entries we've had so far. I am hoping to see a lot more. So get mm. on it, people. The clock is ticking. You've still got two and a half weeks, but that's not very long. Um, mm. And like I said, if you think you need to be moving on, just remember, I've shot my roll of film. That's how late things are getting. Um, Rachel hasn't. Oh my god, I have not. I have not shot this roll of film. I also love the fact, Rachel, that the roll of film for the double exposure challenge is in your cheap shots camera. So you are either going to be doing some really good oh, doubling up on that. It is, isn't it? Oh, that was such a stupid idea. Just take people, uh, take pictures of people with it. Double exposure okay. people pictures. Can I? Can I submit those as mine then? Yeah. Wow. And if you win, I'm taking half credit. <laughs> or rather, <laughs> when you win, I'm taking... Look, I need everything I can get at the moment. You could take 1.5 amount of credit or half credit anyway. Yeah. See, you, you, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I am going to win under my own steam yet again. Yes. Well, you better the, get that double exposure roll shot. <laughs> Quick smart then. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Oh. <sighs> on we go on we go okay so the next non-cheap shots email is from marcus nels who has been plowing through the back catalogue recently so it's good to have an update on where he's up to and he writes in dear sunbeams i made it to episode 100 Woo! well to 100a to be exact oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and although there are an i don't know how many hours to catch up there are some thoughts that have piled up in my head by now that have to be released uh -oh. firstly I enjoyed all of the episodes. There are some highlights, but still too many to list them here. Well, that's a shame. Uh -huh. I, would, I would love to have a list of highlights. <laughs> um, secondly, something stuck to my mind that one of the ladies in the first episode of the Underexposed series, which is absolutely gorgeous, said, It went like women had to be louder than men to be heard. If women feel this way, we men have to be ashamed. Obviously, I'm living in a bubble where I do not realise that, or maybe I am too ignorant to see. But that was a sad thing to hear, and it made me feel bad about it. This is not the way it should be, full stop. Um, that's very true. I remember that conversation, Rachel. I can't remember which of the underexposed podcasts that was on that you did, yeah, but I, sure. I distinctly... I know it's a thing you've said to me in the past. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the the exact thing was that, uh, and maybe you can actually, I won't try and quote it, but uh, of the percentage of how much women talk versus how much men perceive women as talking. <laughs> it's, it's a very different thing. Yeah, the percentages seem to be quite different. Um, yeah, um, but also, you know, um, this isn't something that you should feel bad about Marcus it's just it's just nice to know that it's noticed I think that's that's the main the main thing to take away from that because I don't I don't for one minute think that you'd be the person who is doing that um so you know don't don't feel sad and bad about it I guess it um what can we do to to challenge that is just to make it be more aware of it I guess and mm. you know if you see other see or hear other men talking over women and not letting them speak or have the same amount of airtime i think by challenging that you are doing a really powerful thing in championing other women so you know that's something we can all do hopefully a bit more yeah absolutely absolutely i think just all of us being mindful all of us being mindful of um of not talking over anybody i think is always a good idea because there are always going to be people who are going to be trampled under more powerful voices if we're not mm -hmm. careful so um i think it's yeah just generally an important thing to be mindful of um 
He continues, uh, your podcast has impressed me several times. Not that I am a standard by any means. I do not podcast. It's one of the few people that doesn't. And I am <laughs> not so much an experimental photographer. But despite this, the, the uh, always funny and lovely nonsense that Graham adds to the show. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. I am honestly deeply impressed by the questions he asks your guests. Mm -hmm. Many, many times I was thinking how on earth he came up with them. Um, but it's very kind, Mark. Uh, I... <laughs> Who knows where my brain goes when left to its own devices. Um, this is definitely something that people have mentioned before. And um, as your co-host, Graham, I do think it is absolutely something worth mentioning because it is not an easy task to constantly come up with questions to make them interesting interviews. You know, it, it can be can be very difficult to do that. And it is not. And under the sort of, you know, pressure of it being recorded and then to be released and for thousands of people to listen to it you know there's there's all of these other things so um absolutely i know that aid and myself both you know really uh, appreciate all the effort you go to in terms of an effort and time and, and energy in actually thinking up questions and really researching the person that we're speaking to before we before we get them on air because it really does help, I think. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much for bringing that up, Marcus, because it's not something that's said enough, I think. So, yeah, nice one, Graham. You do a great job. Well, that's very kind of you, Rach. But the reality is this podcast is completely a team effort. And the number of times where we've been having conversations, I mean, a, a good example, which we'll actually talk about a little bit, um, was when we had Matt from uh, AG on a few weeks ago. And mm. th the conversation then was something that I did not have that much insight into. And, you know, we were a team and Aid was there and Aid had loads of stuff. And likewise, when we've had people on who, who have, um, have been what they've been doing has been stuff that's really spoken to you you, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's we've been doing this long enough now where it's very it's very easy to know that if you need to draw breath for a minute and think about what's being said and not say something that somebody else is going to pick it up and be ready to go and um yeah it's it's, it's yeah. being part of a team is a great thing um, yeah, anyway. and all that lovely, lovely nonsense, right? And That's all that what lovely you do nonsense. So well. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the nonsense very much is my specialty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that I will take all credit for is the bullshit. Um, well, I heard on the show that you had no social media thing going on before the podcast. I almost swallowed my toothbrush. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't do that, Marcus. Yeah. Um, Fun fact, I was a no social media guy before I discovered your podcast. You are the reason I signed up to Twitter and Flickr and got myself somehow slightly involved in the analog community. What Man. I discovered was a treasure trove of inspiration. Uh, well, that's fantastic Woo. to hear. The, the analog photography community, it is a treasure trove of inspiration and just really nice people. Really, yeah. really nice people. Um, I don't really engage with much of Twitter beyond... Um, the analog photography community and that mm -hmm. suits me just fine uh, there's a lot of really nice people it's very easy to find them just jump on start following a few people get involved um, there's no egos there's no attitude nobody's got anything to prove there's just a lot of people who are there to be excited about the hobby to share what they know and to be enthused about what you're doing um, so it's mm -hmm. so, yeah it's fun and I think Twitter's yeah. pretty good for that. Instagram's very good for that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and obviously, a lot of people use the Facebook groups for the same thing. Um, not us, but a lot of people do. Uh, we're nearly done now. Um, 
So it's been too much text already, but thanks to all you lovely folks for your effort, work and dedication you put into the podcast. Special thanks to Aid for keeping the ship in calm and steady waters. <laughs> it's a pleasure to listen to the show. Yeah, Aid I is... I love yeah, <laughs> how he's definitely got, got the... Uh, he's got the number of us, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I just giggle. You talk a load of nonsense and Aid's the one who kind of like goes, all right, guys, we're still heading north. Let's hope. (laughs) You mostly do not just giggle. You're the the only one on the show that knows anything, right? I'm here for nonsense. Aid's here to keep things going in the right direction and you're here to actually know what's going on. Um, (laughs) Well, there we go. All the best, Marcus. P.S. I'm looking forward to participate in the Cheap Shots Challenge, but sailing the oceans on a container ship until July. Wow. Oh, my God. My hands are tied. No cheap camera, no film, and no chance for development. No. Maybe you could drill a hole in the side of one of those containers, Marks, and make a massive pinhole camera. Ca- can- camera obscura. Oh, oh yeah, a pinhole imagine, camera, definitely. Right? There's so many opportunities. Yeah. He could he could use the salt water of the ocean to fix his prints. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He could find some coffee. He could find some coffee and do some caffeinol developing. Yeah. He fix it using the water of the ocean. There's bound to be vitamin to be C on the there. ship, isn't there? Because to stop from getting yeah. scurvy, because that's scurvy, the thing that happens right? at sea. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I would, yeah, not having a camera or film with him is, is potentially a little bit of an issue. But, you know, you can I make don't... a camera out of anything. If, you, if you've got some photographic paper... You could do something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No more excuses, Marcus. And you can find <laughs> Marcus. He's, so if you, if you want to find Marcus, who's new to social media, you'll find him at M-N-E-H-L-S on Twitter, at M-N-E-L-S, and at Marcus Nels Photo on Instagram. So go and give him a follow. Um, do you want to take this next one from Ed, Rach? Mm, yes, absolutely. Um, I was just going to say, Marcus also has a website. Did you say? Oh, yes. No, I didn't. Sorry. Yes, that is uh, MarcusNelsPhoto.com. Excellent. So next one is from Ed Worthington, who says, ah, or you said ag. I'm not sure. Did you? (laughs) Was that you, Greg? No, it's his heading. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So it says, A-G-G-G-G-G-G, exclamation points, times four. Uh, Hey, Sunbeams, great episode with AG Photographic. I I have a feeling it may be one of those ones that some of us find really interesting from a business point of view, and other people might moan at you due to the lack of actual photography talk involved. But I personally enjoyed it very much. Obviously, that wasn't um, an episode that I was involved in, but I know that you, yourself and Aid obviously um, spoke to Matt um, for that and covered a lot of the business side of things. So Ed is, is writing in response to that. He says, I have funded a different company through Crowdcube because I think that was um, obviously where AG Photographic were talking about their crowdfunding and that it was done through this Crowdcube. He says, I funded a different company through Crowdcube previously. And as a pretty consistent customer of AG, I'm probably going to be chucking a few pennies their way for this as well. So keep up the good work as ever. Oh, there's a PS. PS, tell Rach I am yet to hear back about whether or not me applying to get my work in a publication is going to happen. But she inspired me to just get off my ass and try. So thank you. I am so pleased to hear that, Ed. That is awesome. Um I think I actually noticed um, one of your comments or uh, on some uh, social media saying that you had submitted something. So I'm really, really pleased to hear that because, do you know, in a way, it doesn't really matter if it gets published or not or, you know, if, if they get into competitions or if they get into exhibitions. But, you know, if you don't try, it's never going to end up in there. So 
I think that's just brilliant. And and yeah, just generally we we can tell there is so much fantastic and hidden talent in in our industry in the analog photography community and it's just heartbreaking sometimes seeing that people don't feel that their work's good enough to send in or submit or what have you because we're just sitting there going oh my god it totally is and and it doesn't matter what stage you're at you know just find find something that speaks to you put your work in you just literally never know what is going to come back whether it will be accepted or not it doesn't matter you've given it a go and you've you've put that out there into the universe i think and just generally you know you're adding to this fantastic creative community in one way or another so that's only a good thing i think yeah couldn't agree with you more on that one rach um put yourself out there it's always worth it it will generally lead to more good things than it could ever possibly yeah. lead to bad things um, and maybe inspire somebody else as well exactly. which is the best and just um Referring back to the the reason for the letter about the episode with AG Photographic, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we knew that this was not going to be one for everybody. It was very businessy, and I'll be honest, at times it lost me. <laughs> and um, we haven't had a lot of feedback from it, but we've had a bit. And like I said, some from people like Ed who enjoyed it and enjoyed the business side, and some from people who went that that one wasn't for me. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Not everyone is going to be for you. Uh, I think. One of the things that made me laugh a great deal in this last week was um, when the three of us were online together and we happened to go onto our own website, which clearly none of us are checking often enough, and saw, uh -oh. and saw that the uh, image that our good friend Matthew Joseph had used for the episode with Matt from AG was a, um, a sign of a bench with wet paint sign on it. Which I think was his uh, personal comment on his feelings on that episode. So yes, it was a divisive uh, episode. Um, I hope that if you didn't enjoy it, you just kind of went well not for us and came back the following week. Which is why we, you know we tried to change it quite drastically for the week that followed that. But um, I hope that some folks out there did enjoy or get something from it. Matt, yeah, absolutely. Um, like Twiglets, right? Exactly. The thing is, Matt from AG. I, I somebody did tell me, oh, you know, he it's. He's very mercenary. Oh, no, that wasn't the exact words. The thing with Matt is that he's the kind of person who is just super enthusiastic and excited about whatever it is he happens to be doing or into at that time. And at the moment, this is the thing that he's super excited and into. And that's that's why he came across as being that's what he wanted to talk about, because this is just what's filling his brain. That's his passion at the moment. And um, and you know, it's just the same as us when we're excited about our photography. It's just at the moment, this is the thing that he's very excited about. So, um, yeah, I, I wish them nothing but success with that. I, I think it's a really exciting way to try and make the business move forward. And I'm, I just can't yeah. wait to see what happens with it. So, Absolutely. But It'll be really interesting to listen and watch along and see see how that goes. And, you know, if like Ed, it's the, the kind of thing that you enjoy anyway, then, you know, go for it. Yes. Yeah. But we promise we will not be having any more hardcore business podcasts anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I just don't know enough about any of that stuff. Um, where are we? Um, I can't remember who. Oh, you just read that one, didn't you? I'll read this one from uh, Christian Straff, good friend Christian Straff, uh, who writes in, Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hello. Sunnies. Rachel, we chatted about it a while ago. The film wasters are going on a photo walk in London on June the 8th at 10am. That's a Saturday. We're going Ooh. to meet in front of the Eat at 95 City Road 
Old Street, London, uh, and there's a link there which I put in there. Uh, there's no fixed route, but our London-based film waster Irvin suggests walking towards Liverpool Station, Old Spitalfield Markets, etc. If there are any listeners of your show or any brilliant hosts of the Sunny 16 podcast, and there aren't any of those, I'm afraid, interested <laughs> in joining us, sorry, well, present company accepted, please feel free to do so. It'd be great if you could pass this information on to your listeners. Participants of the photo walk can be recognised by some sort of film camera dangling from that person. Uh, <laughs> that seems perhaps a little vague for Doesn't London. Doesn't specify where, but... No, <laughs> no, just somewhere. Don't. Go to London, look for someone with a film camera. Non-film wasting guests may, of course, join in as well. All the best until June the 8th from Christian. That's Christian Straff, who's on Instagram at C underscore STR one. And also if you go to, I'll put the link in the show notes, but there's a forum thread on filmwasters.com where you can find updates about that. So if you are in the vicinity of London on June the 8th, yeah, June the 8th at 10 a.m. So that's a Saturday two weeks from now, two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why not go and join a load of other film shooters? That sounds like it would be a lot of fun. Um, I won't be able to go, unfortunately. I know that because I've got the boys and they will not be up for going on a trawl around London taking hmm. pictures. Um, but I would certainly love to. It'd be love to go and meet up with everybody there. I don't... I'm guessing the fact that it's not in here. It's not on photowalk.me. Christian, put it on photowalk.me. Yeah, it makes it easy for people yeah. to find it. But we'll put all the links that uh, Christian has shared so it is nice and easy for everybody to find. And if you've got the time, go along. It's always lovely catching up with people, isn't it, Rach? Yeah, absolutely. And there's something just that gives you such a buzz I think of meeting up in real life with other real people who also have the same hobby or interest as you um to go and you know chat and have a walk around and and to shoot I suppose it's almost like the shooting part of it tends to be the the bottom of the the list I think it's more about connecting with people and just having having fun and enjoying that and so often I think um, photography um, especially can can just be a bit too serious and it's the same kind of thing with why we try and do things like the cheap shots challenge and these random assignments and all sorts of other silly nonsense that we talk it's because we try and provide a little bit of light relief hopefully to to that and and going on photo walks and meeting up with other lovely people who also enjoy that I think there's something really special about that so i do i hope maybe i might be able to make it along to that one we will see uh, how things go but um but if not i have a fantastic time and yeah absolutely you can also go to photowalk.me and find other fantastic photo walks near you or yeah. register your own yeah i went out for a lovely walk this wednesday just gone mm-hmm. i went into oxford and caught up with nasa hamid um who we last bumped into at the photography show and we just went for a walk around oxford it was a beautiful evening i took the green meanie with me and uh he had a car what was the name of the camera it was a stereo camera a sort of 3d stereo camera um i cannot remember which one i think it was one of the soviet ones uh, I, uh people will yell at me for not remembering anyway so he had that with him and also a polaroid land camera one of the high-end polaroid land cameras which used to take a picture of me which is on twitter um oh, nice I yeah um mm. it made me look fat it wasn't me that was fat it was <laughs> the picture made me look fat um <laughs> camera that camera has added five pounds um <laughs> don't was, blame the photographer <laughs> yeah but it was great fun you know and i took a handful of pictures and none of them are amazing but it was good fun and good practice being out with the four by five and um 
Nas didn't take very many pictures at all. We were just mostly wandering along and chatting, and I was picking his brains because he shot a lot of 4x5. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was picking his brains, asking him questions. But it was just a fun way to spend the evening, and it was also nice. One of the few times he did stop to take a picture, just to see him in action and the way he interacted with total strangers, saying, can I take your picture? Can I? And just going about his routine to take mm, pictures mm. with a confidence and a charm that just really came through at some point um i think i'm gonna, gonna need to go and arrange to spend some time and actually just kind take of record some charm lessons oh god yeah that's <laughs> no i can't afford enough time to learn that kind of charm but yeah it was great just seeing him work and i'm sure much the same going and spending time walking around with anil i think you know there's some certainly similarities there in the way that they approach things so mm. um yeah mm. that was good fun so yeah meeting up with other film shooters is never a waste of time. Uh, even if no. you don't take many pictures, even if you just go for the joy of hanging out with people who share your hobby, and if you get a few pictures in on the side, then that's fun. But it's mostly about going, chatting, and admiring each other's cameras. I think that seems to be the general. <laughs> Thanks very much, Christian, for, for that update. That's ace. Uh, is this the last one? This is the last one this week, Rach, from our good friend. Everybody's our good friend, but this is yeah, our good friend, David Allen. So David's written in to say, yo, our most excellent sunbeams. Simon made it safely to France the other day. And now we're hard at whiskey editing. Oh, my goodness. Whiskey editing tanking muck one shot, a.k.a. one shot itch in down. Inch in down. Inching down. Sorry. Um, what's more, we actually found the original voicemails that Simon sent explaining his initial idea for the project. Fantastic. So maybe we have some context. Woo. <laughs> well. um, we will see. He says, I've included them. Do with them what you will, but you might have to set aside some time cleaning them up for more sensitive listeners from David and Simon. Ah, thanks so much for um, messaging in, David. That's awesome. Yes, and I haven't listened to these yet, Uh-oh. but <laughs> I will add these on to the end of the show um, because I am sure that they will be entertaining. Um, the idea of hearing Simon uh, excited about this new idea he's had and trying to sell that to Dave, I'm sure will be fantastic, but I also suspect it will need some editing to clean them up. So um, listen out after the end of the show uh, for, for whatever that is, listeners. It will definitely be something. <laughs> Um, just to give a little bit of context to those listeners who don't know yet of uh, David and Simon and what they were doing, can you just very quickly give a little brief, this is what it was all about? Yes. So this was the project that they had where, um, so the Inch and Down is a huge underground oil tank from World War II um, up in North of Scotland, um, long since abandoned and you know not used anymore. And... They went there last year and took a large format picture in there. Um, And what they wanted to do this time was go back up there, shoot another picture, but not only shoot a picture there, develop and then print a massive, make a massive print of the image all inside the tank. Meters, aren't we? It when we say the, a massive print, it yes, was meters Yes, I don't know big. exactly how big it was, but it, <laughs> it was huge. They were using paddling pools to um, develop this sheet of paper. I love this so um, much. The paddling pools are my favourite bit. Yeah. yeah. And it, logistically, an incredible challenge because mm-hmm. it's underground. It's completely mm-hmm. pitch black. Uh, they had to get all the water down there, all their equipment down there. Um, yeah, it, it, they had to have a generator down there. It was very difficult, uh, more difficult than they anticipated because these things always are. Um, I think they'd hoped to get three prints done. I think in the end mm-hmm. they got 
I think two decent ones out of it. The first mm-hmm. one I don't think came very well, but they managed it. They achieved it, and um, they documented the whole thing. Oh, they their uh, filmographer also uh, fell ill the day they were supposed to be shooting, so they had to try and film it themselves whilst doing this. Uh, there was a lot going on with it. And since then, they've been back and they've got supplementary footage. I think they've had somebody down there singing um, in oh, the wow. amazing acoustics that that place Goodness. has to offer. So there's all sorts of... So they're putting this all together for this one-shot Inchin Down, which is on GoFundMe, I think, isn't it, Rach? I will find yeah. the link. Uh, it's on GoFundMe. There will be a link in the show notes. Um, they have very nearly raised their um, £2,000 target. And in fact, they I know I haven't got the exact details from this, um, but I know that um, they actually got GoFundMe, I think gave them a little boost to their own funding because somebody who listens to this podcast um heard about it and put them forward as a possible a recipient of that which is fantastic if you oh, are the person amazing. that did that thank you so much so um the editing is getting really close to being finished um we will hopefully see the film very soon i saw they put a, a, a sort of rough trailer for it a while ago um i'm just really excited for it i think the whole mm. project is wonderful and those guys deserve to be supported in whatever stupid idea they come up with because they are two of the most genuinely lovely, creative, wonderful people. And we should be always be supporting people like that in whatever they do. Absolutely. Um, Innovation and, uh, um, yeah, just having a go. I think the, their curiosity and overbound sort of like energy, unbounded energy is just, it's infectious and it's very cool. Yes. In the face of all common sense, they always yeah. push forward. And <laughs> you have to respect that. Um, so, yeah, okay. if you haven't checked them out and supported them yet, go and have a look at their GoFundMe page. It's well worth it. Um, follow both of them, Simon Riddell and David Allen. They are two lovely people. We've had them on the show in the past multiple times. We'll probably have them back again sometime when we can. At some point when we've got the ed- when they've finished the edit and the when project, they've finished the edit and we can face the combination of both Simon's manic energy <laughs> and terrible internet connection, which is a wonderful combo. Um, but no, two great guys, and it's just great to hear that they're coming close to finishing up that project. And that about does it for this week, doesn't it, Rach? Think so. It does. Um, were there any mentions for our coffee or Kofi K O hyphen F I? You know what, um, Rach? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> we have got a few this week. Not too many. You'll be very you. sad to hear. But we have got a few this week. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, we we were talking recently about um, us making a trip somewhere to do a thing, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, great you can use some of that money to help pay for a train fare because otherwise you wouldn't be able to use it. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to afford to get down there. That's the kind of thing we can do with this money. (laughs) It might be a little thing, but actually that's important because getting places is expensive and now you can go and do a thing because we could afford to do it. So thank really you. Really looking forward to that. Hopefully we will get that recorded as a a special field report for you. So uh, yeah, Yeah. for extra content for the Sunny 16 podcast for you guys. And that's not far off either. Uh, Also, we're going to use some of the money to buy what you refer to as a dead cat for the microphone. That's right. Dead cat or a dead squirrel. Um, When I worked at the um, screen school uh, for several years, uh, I used to have to speak to the um, uh, the people in purchasing in order to obviously get any of the equipment that was needed. And um, I had several over the years, several um, concerned phone calls from people as obviously um, they took up the job and saw my uh, purchase orders, which were for 10 dead cats. (laughs) Um, So they would ring through and be like, is this correct? 
am I writing this in correctly? I was like, yeah, don't worry. It's a dead cat. So it's the the fluffy the fluffy thing, the cover for your microphone, basically. And um, I think you realised that that would be something very useful uh, whilst you were recording the assignment, um, last week's assignment, didn't you, Graham? Yeah, anybody who listened to that will have heard the occasional noises on my microphone. I actually had to cut out probably over a minute of my recording because I was walking quickly and in a panicked fashion with the microphone and <laughs> the noise was just shocking. So, um, yeah, uh, continue we'll to need cat. to get better. We'll get a dead cat <laughs> and I will get better, I promise. Um, but should we move on to thank these wonderful people yes, with passing on some facts that our team of dedicated researchers has found <laughs> about these fine fine folks okay so to start with we have dave the walker okay so dave walker in his youth dave worked as a professional wrestler uh, he dressed all in bright yellow lycra, lycra and his wrestling name was the hard banana <laughs> uh, Keith Durkin Along with photography, Keith uh, also likes to whittle musical instruments out of vegetables But to make it more of a challenge, he first used leafy greens um, His pride and joy is a lettuce ukulele <laughs> Fantastic um, Dunstan Dunstan Bavasaur has trained an army of mice to do his weekly shopping for him It works surprisingly well Unless he orders cheese or an angry cat. Um, and Barry Carr. Uh, Barry's car, Barry Carr's father was the inventor of such classic British sweets as Parma Violets and Swizzle Lollies. Sadly, the fortune that his family amassed through the invention of the sweets uh, was all lost settling lawsuits against people who had their teeth shattered by these bullet-hard candies. <laughs> Oh, I wonder where that one came from. I don't know. Could be from the fact that you had sweets before and I didn't have none. Not fair. Palmer violets. Fan palmer violets. Yay. <laughs> oh, I haven't had them for years. Yeah. Thank you again ever so much, everybody who has donated and continues to donate to us on our coffee, coffee page. Um, you can find more details on our website, which is sunny16podcast.com. Yes, thank you very much. As I said, and as a proven, it, it makes a difference and it is enabling us to do stuff that would be difficult otherwise or would put pressure on people um, to find money that they don't have otherwise. So, yeah, thank you so much, guys. It's hugely appreciated. Um, team effort. Exactly. Um, I also need to say a big thank you to John Michael Mendeza. Um, listeners may or may not remember, uh, a few weeks ago, um, we got the recommendation for trying to shoot Fomapan using uh, Foma's own developer, which is Fomadon LQN. They do a few, but LQN was the one that was particularly recommended. So I logged into it, but it's actually quite hard to get hold of in the UK. Anyway, John Michael Mendeza dropped me an email uh, to say, uh, I'm coming over on holiday. Would you like me to just bring some over and post it to you when I come? So I said, yes, thank you very much. That would be great. And he did, and it's fantastic. Um, so thank you so much for that. I saved uh, a load of my 4x5 uh, sheets that I've been using and um, developed them all literally the last couple of days and they've come out pretty well actually I'm, I'm really pleased with it so thank you very much for that John Michael hope you're having a lovely holiday and also uh, especially thank you very much for the nugget or nougat <laughs> nougat nugget um, which I definitely uh, won't be sharing sorry Rach <laughs> that's about it for this week so we are going to be recording tomorrow um, 
the follow-up episode to last week's assignment uh, episode, which thank you so much for all the positive feedback we had surrounding that. Um, oh, it's been so good, that, hasn't it? It's been lovely to know what people have been thinking and it seems to have really kind of helped inspire a few people. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of all we wanted. Well, we did, we did it because it was fun for us and we're glad yeah. it's... Um, we've had a few people send in some audio files. You still <laughs> have time... Exciting. But not much time. So if you can get them into us uh, ASAP, if you've done one, that would be fantastic. If you miss the deadline, we'll probably slot them in at some other point in the future. But, you know, it'd be great if we get them on show tomorrow where our plan is tomorrow. We're going to talk about the images that we got and what we kind of learned from it, the whole, the whole experience and, and how we'll carry it forward. And, of course, we'll be playing what other people did. So I'm just really excited to hear how everybody else got on with it more than anything else. Yeah, can't wait. And it's something that we're going to do again. Um, maybe not exactly that, but we're going to take this kind of thing forward and um, see it seems what to have we been, do. Yeah, it seems to have been something that people have really enjoyed. So, and yeah, obviously we really enjoyed doing it. So uh, we will we will see what comes from it. Yes, exactly. Every day a new adventure, and as much as anything, we want to keep things fun and fresh for ourselves. Working on the theory that if we do that, it'll probably be more entertaining for anybody listening. Because if we get bored and jaded, you'll get bored and jaded very, very quickly too, and we don't want that to happen. Because you know, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Um, and with that lovely thought in mind, on that note, on yes. that note, <laughs> we're done for this week. So um, you know. It's been dead good. It's been so nice to uh, to chat with you all again today, and uh, yeah, look forward to uh, to speaking with you again later this week on the main show. Uh, until then, have a lovely week. Have a lovely week, everyone. I should be sleeping, but I've got the f***ing flu. Um, so I'm coughing up a load of shit. Um, I'm thinking about a film that we should make um, in February. So I wanted to record this so I didn't forget the awesomeness of it. So what I'm proposing is we go into the tunnels. We get Preston to explain basically why the tunnels are there, what the tanks are for all that gear um, then what I want to do is shoot a 10-8 pay per neg um, at 3 ISO um, wide angle same style as we did it before but not on F-16 um, much much longer depth of field um, get a focus point further down the tunnel I mean but further down the tank um and then use the um then basically can print the paper negative you know develop it in the tank so just using like a 12 volt hookup um i've got a generator that we can use so uh, we can have 12 volt or 240 but if we can get fucking intrepid um involved if they send the their enlarger up it runs on a 12 volt system so we could we could develop the paper neg and we could also 
can print it, uh, contact print it inside the tunnel. Um, so obviously you're going to need like a flask and all the rest of it to warm the chems up. But we could totally fucking do the whole lot, proper analogue from start to finish inside the tank. So, you know, I'm hoping like that, that would be quite a good promotion for Intrepid. But it would be pretty cool for us because we can um, we can do a, like a, a, well, you can do a really good job of um, video editing. And we could make, uh, you know, maybe an hour long um, documentary um, and make it really, really gritty. Um, that's what I'm thinking anyway. Uh, oh man, I'm, f I'm just been coughing up phlegm for like days. Um, but anyway, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, hit me up later um, and let me know what you think. Mm, peace. And I just had another thought. This um, this voice clip could actually be like the intro to uh, to the documentary. So here goes. World War Two underground once top secret oil storage facility, six tanks, two tunnels. Large format. Intrepid. Paper negative. Contact print. All within the tunnels, underground. No light, no sound. 12 volt, red light, job done. Analog photography to the max.